Yo, yo, yo. What's up? It's your boy, Mon Quay. And it's Stefan. Uh, peace and greeting from the sign of the rising sun. We're back with episode 19. And um, how's it been going for you, Stefan? We can start off with just kind of a recap on how, how it's been. Uh, this this week was uh, it was pretty easy for me because I I only worked three days this week and I decided to take the couple days off. You know, I had been going strong with just going to work for like the past five months and not taking any time off. So I felt like at this time of the year it was um, easier the workload. So I said, you know what, it's time for me to enjoy some time off. So I did that and uh. Yeah, man, I've just been chilling, dude, uh, just catching up on movies. Like, I'm a big film person. I've just been going watching different films, and um, it's been interesting, man. Like, I, I will say the one of the greatest I've seen recently was The Irishman. I went and saw that last Saturday. It's a three-and-a-half-hour-long movie, but it it's a dope film uh, directed by Martin Scorsese, and I think it's a masterpiece. Um yeah, if you're into like mobster, gangster type films, like Godfather type type films, uh, Goodfellas type films, I would suggest going to check that out. And uh, other than that, man, I've just been uh, just been just been chilling, dude. Just been just been uh, plotting on the the next moves for the rest of the week and the weekend. What about yourself? You know, the same old, just uh, working that night shift life. Got to keep pushing and uh, try to finish the year on a strong note. Um, yeah, so going to keep on trying to grind, you know, get, get my three days in, my 40 hours each week. And uh, I feel like I got to keep looking for my extra extra curricular activities, basically. I know I kind of stuttered there, but um, I just feel like I got the fire under my feet. I got to go ahead and try to get up out the matrix. You're going to hear me say this every episode until I get up out of it. Um, you know, it's nice having a, having a nice job and having an income and that guaranteed check. But as a millennial, I know it ain't just about going to work and everything like that. So I'm trying to actually live life. Um, but yeah, same old, you know, just grinding, working hard, um, you know, doing my research, trying to build my knowledge base. Working on my wisdom and trying to continue to grow on, the, on this path of enlightenment. Um, I feel like today we're going to have a have a lot to talk about, you know. Like always, we try to at least give us a, a lot of content, jam-packed, trying to figure out how we position, you know, our podcast, how we're how we going to go about it. And, um, yeah, uh, as you know, I made the trip out to High Point so we can kind of change it up, you know. Have another live broadcast again. It's been a while since we did that, and um, you know, have a, add another level of energy to uh to what we're doing. So yeah, now glad to be here. Change another, changing it up for right now. We're gonna try to do different things, you know, to try to help us build build our platforms, you know. Um, but yeah, same over here. Just just working hard, working. Feel like I can put this energy to, towards something else, slowly put it towards what, what I really care about, which I, I I care about taking care of people. But like I said, life is more than just doing my 40 hours each week. You know, 
So help it's I feel like I'm I'm also here to help people grow too. Help people give them another perspective on the things that we go through um in life, the social issues, uh growing as a human being, growing as a man. And uh yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Um there's one thing I think we can start the the episode off with that I find uh, intriguing, and I know that you talked about it off of um, off air a little bit, and that is uh, the Mercury retrograde just ended. Now, for the folks that do not know what the Mercury uh, retrograde is, I'm about to break it down for you real quick. Based off this article I found from uh, mentalfloss.com. And I'm uh, directly reading this from the article. The Mercury retrograde, as it's technically called, was being being written about in astrology circles as far back as the mid-18th century. The event was noted in British agricultural almanacs of the time, which farmers would read to sync their planting schedules to the patterns of the stars. During the spiritualism craze of the Victorian era, interest in astrology boomed, with many believing that the stars affected the earth in a variety of often inconvenient ways. Late 19th century publications like the Astrologer's Magazine and the Science of the Stars connected connected Mercury retrograde with heavy uh, rainfall, characterizations of the happening as an ill omen also appeared in a handful of articles during that period, but its association with outright disaster wasn't as prevalent prevalent then as it is today. So I just wanted to uh, get your thoughts on that first before I continue. Yeah, I'm going to just go off the top with uh, Mercury Retrograde, uh, just off of kind of what I feel is really going on with that. I would say first, it's lasted for a while. Like it's felt like I think it's lasted since I know it's supposed to be up to like November twentieth from I think October nineteenth or something like that. Probably a little bit before that. I just know it ended November twentieth. But I can tell you it's affected me. Um, I can see it on a day to day basis, especially with you know just little stuff like trying to you know get the podcast going um, with my my videos for editing like for the gameplay for my YouTube channel it's always been it's been very difficult the last month and um yeah it's uh it's been extremely difficult so um just all kinds of technical difficulties I noticed have been on a whole nother layer and I, I'm gonna actually kind of break down what I think why I think this this happens with uh with especially with Mercury and the importance of the of these planets actually um you know, they say man is the manifestation of, of stardust. You hear you hear a lot of people say that. And, you know, to kind of connect it with how the retrogrades and, you know, the astrology affects us, affects our, our uh, day-to-day lives. You got to look at it as whenever we were manifested. I don't necessarily believe in the Big Bang, but you got to understand that the molecules that are created Front, through, through us and also on these planets we have a literal piece of these planets within our DNA on a day-to-day basis so you got to look at these planets in our solar system as like a tethering cord also so that means as above so below 
And um, also look at the um, astronomical understanding of uh, Mercury. It's the closest planet to the sun. It's uh, a, a very fast-moving planet. It would remind you as if a uh, it's a, it's a, it's the fastest moving star in in the sky. It's so hard. It's so fast that it uh, it moves throughout the sky that it's hard to track. You can't even really see it in the night sky. Um, so you know that's some of the astronomical components behind it, and that kind of can relate to how your synapses and information move throughout, you know, throughout your body, you know, through through your brain connections, through your neuron, how your neurons move, how fast they move, and stuff. That can kind of connect with the same type of molecules as that the planet Mercury is made out of, you know, as above, so below. So that's how, you know, that will affect our mind state. And also the literal um, technology that we have, like the, the, the energy that's put into technology, the um, actual physical elements that we use for technology are mostly dense on uh, Mercury. So literally when you Technology in itself as a form is affected by Mercury and its movements, especially the retrograde movements. And really what the retrograde is, is if we were from our perspective on, on the planet Earth, it's as if the planet in itself, as it's transit, as it looks like from our perspective, it, it would look like the planet moved backwards. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the planet did move backwards, but from our perspective on Earth, it looks like that. So that's going to kind of They'll wreak havoc because it's going to it's it's moving. It's doing a different type of transit throughout the sky. It's, it's actually doing something that it's not supposed to do. It's not supposed to move backwards. And it, it looks like it's moving backwards from our perspective. So that's how it affects us. And um, yeah, sometimes it's heavier than other times. You got to look at the overall astrological uh, forecast. Um, you know, with the sun being in Scorpio, and like I said, with how fast it, the planet moves and what the planet's comprised of, and um, just what it, the astronomical and astrological meanings of it, um, I can definitely say it's, it's, it's influenced me um, just on a day-to-day basis with trying to do things uh, when it comes to technology. And sometimes I know I notice this too; it's affecting my sleep. I, I've read somewhere I did read this that. Um, it can affect your how how heavy you sleep, and I've been sleeping heavy too. Like I've been I've been sleeping real heavy. It's twelve hours sometimes on my days off, and I used to not sleep like that at all. And um, you know, a lot of wise men say, you know, a lot of uh, different people I get content from off of YouTube. Uh, I know New Life Tools is one of them. He talks about Mercury retrograde and says, um, you know, it's the time for us to kind of chill out. And during these retrogrades, if you don't take a step back and chill out and relax, you'll basically encounter different hardships based on your zodiac and your and your natal chart. Some people have harder difficulties during these retrogrades than others. But overall, we all will feel this in some type of way. And um, yeah, like some people say, it's the time to take a step back and just to kind of relax and chill out, you know, work on on your next adventure. Me as a Taurus, um, this I, I'm one of those signs where I'm supposed to kind of take a step back, but I'm stubborn, you know. I always want to go and continue to work, continue to work through any type of difficulties that I have. But I also got to remember as for myself that um, I can't get frustrated when I understand the forecast of what's going on, you know. I can't get frustrated when I understand that this retrograde may put a lot of illusions in front of me that will make it... Um, Make, make it difficult for me to continue to want to put out um, energy towards certain things. So that's a, a, a brief 
uh, thought that I had about the retrograde. You can go, I, we can go on for. Right, right. I mean, there is so much about the retrogrades and how it connects to everything, to like the houses in the sky, and basically like the houses is like the three sixty. Um, if you look up in the sky, it's like you know, the three sixty. Like if you're looking at a clock, it's just how the how the sky looks to everybody on Earth. Um, that's you know, you got to divide it into houses or whatever, and you know, a lot of that stuff can play into each individual on earth uh, when we're born into the physical into this physical realm you know and when you look up at the sky based on the snapshot of when you were born you know your natal chart your um, sun sign moon sign rising sign you got to take a like a literal snapshot of the sky whenever you came out of the womb um, but you still look up at the at the sky like a 360 you know, we can turn all the way around, you know, in, in this physical vessel, but each individual's 360 is different because we were born at a different pinpoint second in time. But, you know, that's kind of going off on a tangent. I'm trying right, to explain right. now, more so about the houses. Yeah, no, nah, um, and like you said, it for every um, action, there is a reaction. And like you said, this time is, this, this time with the retrograde is for people to, to calm down. You know, as they say with like the moon, when uh, whenever there's a full moon, people become lunatics because of the lunar moon, you know, um, and with the retrograde, it the way it is, the energy shift, it just makes people want to go fucking crazy, you know, but it's the time where you need to sit back and uh, reflect on life and, you know, what your next moves are and how you're going to, you know, achieve those moves, you know, Um and uh, one other thing about this, I just wanted to read from this article. Um, it's pretty much talking about what is Mercury in retrograde. And pretty much like you um, broke down. I'm going to read a little bit. When the planet nearest to the sun is retrograde, it appears to move backwards. East to west rather than west to east across the sky. This apparent reversal in Mercury's orbit is actually just an illusion to the people viewing it from Earth, which which you you broke down. Picture Mercury and Earth circling the sun like cars on a racetrack. A year on Mercury is shorter than a year on Earth. 88 Earth days compared to 365, which means Mercury experiences four years in the time it takes us to finish one solar loop. So... I found that quite interesting. They um actually call Hermes uh uh well I gave it away. They actually call Mercury uh Hermes and I believe ancient Kemet um or that's actually ancient Greece. Uh they call him Thoth and uh Kemet. But Hermes Thoth the Atlantean. Yeah, yeah. So um you know Hermes has uh he's his sign is I think the the two shoes with the wings on it. I think it's also um Hermes and, and Thoth and that's another name that is that's off that's not off the top of my head right now, but um, you know, they use different different names and different um symbols to kinda give you a astronomical understanding of what the planet represents and an astrological understanding also. Um for this civilization we call it Mercury. And, you know, that's just the name that we chose to characterize that celestial body in the sky, 
you know, other, other civilizations call them uh, Thoth. Some call them, one call them Hermes. We call them Mercury. So when the civilization ends, the next civilization will use what we use to describe that celestial body, which has still been basically, it's been the same body, um, but we've used different terms for our, for our times to try to describe what's, what's up there. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I find that uh, extremely interesting. And for those that haven't listened to um, or heard of Thoth, I would suggest uh, checking out uh, his work. To be exact, let me um, find like the, the book real quick. Because this will open your eyes to um, a lot of hidden knowledge. That is, if you're, if you want to look up, if you want to learn that knowledge, you know, because I know everybody's not like us, and everybody's not trying to come upon some new knowledge to empower themselves. But if you are listening to this, you do want to be empowered, and for that, we welcome you. All right, so for Thoth, I would suggest to any listener to check out the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. The Atlantean. He pretty much um, breaks down how he uh, he came to this planet and how he he ended up becoming like the the leader of uh, Egypt, and he took he took that that message and he he woke the people up of of Egypt and. Um, yeah, if you you want to become empowered, I would suggest checking that out. And he also hid a ship under the Great Sphinx, to be exact. Um, and he said those that are the chosen will one day find that ship, and you will find artifacts to show you the truth, the, the truth of why we are here today. So yeah, it's a it's an interesting read, and I suggest any listener to check that out. Now, um, moving on to the next topic, uh, this uh, uh, I wanted to add uh, to the actual uh, composition of the Emerald Tablets. Uh, you know, it's, it was in it was basically um, rewritten. They they could try to transcribe off the actual original tablet. So you know, they left they probably left a lot of stuff out and probably. Uh, added some things to it but it is what it is um and it's still very profound what we have but they say like the actual original emerald tablets was made out of a substance that the composition really couldn't have been found on earth it wasn't actually really emerald which is a uh, very interesting it adds more of a mystique to the uh, character of uh thoth i think some call him Thoth. thoth i call him thoth yeah uh it has different meanings to it his name uh, well, different enunciations um, or pronunciations, rather. But uh, the next topic that I wanted to uh, discuss was something that I found very interesting that happened this weekend. We uh, talked about this off air. Um, this is uh, about Lakeith Stanfield and Charlemagne the God from uh, The Breakfast Club. As you may know, Lakeith Stanfield is an actor, um, best known for his role in Get Out. 
You know, he was the guy. He was in the the gif and shit. He had the the, the hat on. He was looking frozen, like he couldn't move and shit. Until until she uh, old girl tried to take the picture of him. He started tweaking. He's like, get out, get out. You know, he was acting weird and shit. And um, he's also plays the character of uh, Darius on FX's Atlanta, which is uh, produced by Donald Glover, who also acts in the show. He had an interesting Instagram post that he has since deleted that uh, caused a little bit of an uproar in uh, internet culture, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to read this real quick. All right. And quote, um, and this is just directly quoting Lakey. It's a fact that a lot of these platforms are usually or tending or tend to be feeding grounds for negative reinforcement toward black nonconformists. They bolster faux vanity and hold a white supremacist scope over black men and women often highlighting negative attributes and downplaying mind-expanding ones. They serve as bottomless coward consumption pits and digital, audio, or otherwise slave mentality museums at all you want. Charlemagne, uh, he got word of that post and he declared Lakeith donkey of the day and pretty much just prove Lakeith's point right he just tried to tear down his uh his character with nonsense that uh Lakeith has done like literally rap, like rapping words and having a rap, rapping a freestyle on Instagram a while ago and he he had some uh gay slurs in it that he since addressed but he brought that up and also trying to take shots at him for Lakeith making a, a hip-hop group called the Moors but when he asked him about it, Charlemagne asked him about it, Lakeith said he came up with the idea when he was high. But he knows that the Moors were actually um, black conquerors of this, uh, this earth that we live on. And he wanted Lakeith to go into detail, but Lakeith took it as him not being serious the way he approached the question. So he played along with it. And then there was another moment where he called out Lakeith um, for giving a white host, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, I believe, or Jimmy Fallon, one of them. I get the Jimmys confused. He gave him a flower. And he said he was uh, he was cooning for the white man. You know, went on his uh, talk show and gave him a flower, which I didn't see anything. I didn't think that was deep or anything at all. And then the one thing that he... he came at Lakeith about was this Death Note interview. Lakeith played a character on Netflix's uh, Death Note film where he was in the interview. He appeared, he appears in the interview and he um, pulls his foot out and smells it and licks it or whatever. And it was weird, I'll, I'll say that, but it didn't go against what Lakeith was talking about. Lakeith was saying that Breakfast Club, World Star Hip Hop, Lipstick Alley, Shade Room, all of these platforms are anti-black, and I agree with him on that. And Charlemagne didn't have any valid points to um to give a rebuttal towards that. 
What are your um, thoughts on that? Yeah, Charlemagne sold out. He sold out a couple years ago. Um, but let's address the fact that he didn't. You know, he calls he calls himself, I guess, for the culture or, or whatever. He basically they basically view themselves as, and I do too. I, I, at one point, I did view themselves as a main a, a big time new, a news outlet, media outlet for for um, indigenous culture. Um, and, you know, at one point that was true about The Breakfast Club. But, you know, once you kind of start going mainstream and going more corporate, most most of the time, you know, you lose your original grassroots meaning behind what you were doing in the first place. Now, we all know Charlemagne in 2019 is a lot different than Charlemagne from 2014. We know that. I actually stopped watching The Breakfast Club a while ago um, because I felt like, he was more concerned with trying to actually be a a, a, a faux political figure because he's not really about, in my opinion, he's not really he's not really for what we really need. You know, we, I'm not going to the Breakfast Club for my political um, information because I know even I know a lot of times they are following scripts now. It's not like it used to be. It's not as raw as and un, uncut. And I'm not saying that they needed to always keep that sound and not evolve. But now it's like the literal robots up there, especially Charlemagne. Like, yeah, you got to grow up at some point, but he's a literal different character than where he was at before. And, you know, a lot of people have recognized who he is and what and the bluff that he played um, when it comes to this Lakeith Stanfield uh, dilemma. It went over. It went over their head, like exactly what he said. Like Lakeith Stanfield ain't going on the Breakfast Club to talk about the Morris. He'd rather come on the Divine Council podcast and talk about that, because he knows that the average listener that's listening to the Breakfast Club is still kind of following these different news, these uh, original media outlets that I think was for Black, for Indigenous people, that no longer really represent us as a whole. It's more so they're trying to be more mainstream trying to actually yeah they had to evolve but they're pandering more to ulterior motives and uh, what i like to bring up what i what we talked about you know before was when they had a democratic candidates up there when they had a democratic candidates up there you can see how i mean it's supposed to be the breakfast club you know it's supposed to be charlemagne charlemagne's supposed to be uncut and raw but why when hillary clinton up there and why when you know kamala harris is up there yeah they're not asking them the true they're not asking them the real 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 questions. I mean, yeah, it's scripted out. You can tell it's scripted out. And I'm sitting up here saying, like, that was when I, that's when I stopped, really stopped watching um, The Breakfast Club because I can, I can tell that that was more so like a script. It was all a script. And to take it even deeper, you can't say you're for indigenous people when you're still trying to keep us following under a political party that, that, that doesn't care about us. Like, you can't, you can't sit up here and say you, you're for the people. Um, when you're clearly not anymore, and and to actually start off the interview, I noticed he he did a like a five minute product, well like a really like a like a two three minute product placement about some I don't know, I guess some book he he had or something like that, uh, I, or some strategy. Yeah, his, his uh one of his uh books that he's he's written recently where you know he's pretty much trying to claim that he's uh he's pro black or whatnot, which if you are something. You, you don't have to say it. You should just be about it, you know. And he knows, like, you why why make him a donkey other day? Like, he's a weirdo. I'm a weirdo, and but just because you're a weirdo, 
what a what an intelligent group, what an intelligent person does is not try to target that person as a not target that character and, and try to try to talk about that character. We're trying to actually understand that person because a lot of times when you have that weirdo energy, it's just that you have another level of you're more of a loner, but you're you don't relate with the masses. You don't relate with the masses. That's that's what I got from Le, from Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, I thought that I thought it was weird, but I also looked at the context of it too. He's also in in a Death Note interview. He's playing. He's doing a like a basically a, a series interview. Like he's playing as his character as he's being interviewed. If you really know anything about acting, he's doing. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Like he did exactly what he was supposed to do. It, it was. It was for the people to kind of get a glimpse of who he was playing because he was being interviewed for his character. But instead, instead of addressing uh, the situation that Lakeith Stanfield originally brought up, the fact that we all know World Star Hip Hop isn't the same as as when the actual original founder, when he was still alive and he still he still ran he ran ran that website. I'm not saying it is any better. Or, you know, that what they were promoting was any better. But we can see at one point it really could relate to some a lot of the, a lot of what they were doing could relate to what we to our culture. Now we can clearly see that it's not no longer black on it. Same as the Breakfast Club. I, I definitely I think it's I think they don't they have they have uh, other interests that are controlling them now, which is why the vibe is different. It's not that they evolved their sound. It's just it's a different platform. It's not a platform where I feel like I can go on there or I can go and listen to it and um have the uncut and, and the rawness that made the Breakfast Club what it is. Now Charlemagne's more worried about promoting some his his product. He's like, got he's got ulterior motives like you um He's trying to you, get political. You pointed at recently and so as um so so does uh Angela Yee and so does DJ Envy. They all have their own various business ventures and I understand that, you know, that's the that's not their platform. That's iHeart Media's platform. It's not a black um owned platform to begin with. See, they have they have codes that they have to they have scripts so this not necessarily scripts, you know, that they're reading off of, but they got shit that they gotta promote. Regardless of how they feel about it, because they work for iHeart Media. They won't probably ever come out and say that shit publicly, but it doesn't need to be said because of the stuff that they promote. And you can look in the videos and see the shit that they have behind them in the videos. You know, it's, it's product placement everywhere. And of course, Charlamagne, he's, he's been for years. He's been trying to uh, level up and get into a higher level of fame within the entertainment industry. As you see that he does his own interviews, like he did the interview with Gucci and he um, he's had several shows on MTV, too. Which is cool and everything, but what has he done to get there? And we see it. We see how he disrespects legends like Forrest Whitaker and makes fun of, um, you know, con- medical conditions. We see how he's he's made people cry and and shit. And you know, at times I find myself laughing and I'm amused because it is a circus. Um, but now that I've I've uh, come to an older, I'm getting older. Only, I'm only 25, by the way, but I see it for what it is. It's it's um it's a menstrual show. It's a menstrual show that the Breakfast Club puts on, and I only I'll look at select interviews. Like I like the interview they did with Byron Allen, which I, I talked about in the last episode. If y'all haven't seen that, um, I suggest look up 
Byron Allen and look up what he's uh, doing right now, his Supreme Court case against Comcast. It's important. Um, but yeah, man, he he he's on he's he he stays on some bullshit. And when they do have people up there that are nonconformists like um, Lakeith is, they look at them weird because they're not pre- perpetuating negative stereotypes that destroy our community. And it's alarming, and people are tired of it, and they see this shit for what it is. It's, it's a menstrual show. That's all it is, and um, you know. I mean, I may be wrong because honestly, I'll, I'll see some shit and I'll just like, boom, I'll be like, all right, whatever. I see for what it is and move on. But correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't uh, a, a, a minute ago Charlemagne accused of bleaching his skin? There have been rumors for years that Charlemagne has uh, bleached his skin because if you um, recall, the Breakfast Club started, I want to say, in 2011. And they really got jumps. They really got kick a kick start when uh, Ray J went up there, and he well, he was on the phone interview. He was wilding because uh, he had beef with Fabulous and talking about something. He got an indoor pool, outdoor pool, twenty uh, ten five Rolls Royces, talking retarded, talking about he got booty goons and all this shit. They were gonna rape uh, Fabulous, and I don't condone none of that shit, you know, but. It was at the time. It was funny, you know. I was still in high school, and I was watching. I was watching. It's raw. Yeah, I was watching Breakfast Club regularly. Um, but Charlemagne, yeah, but Charlemagne during that time he was, uh, you can tell he was a uh, darker, darker complexion. He's always had problems with his skin. Uh, he's he's always had skin discoloration, which you can. He, you can see um, him talk about that in various interviews. He's even had his dermatologist up there. Uh, he's interviewed her and stuff so he attributes it to um better skincare routines if you will but i mean i don't know man i i mean i i think it's i think it's a bit of both i think he probably did do a process and he stopped that and he's now focused on the skincare routine but who knows who knows at the end of the day i mean if that you know if that's what makes him happy so be it. But then again, how can you claim to be pro-black if you want to erase what makes you black, which is your melanin? Which makes no sense. And, you know, this goes all back to, you know, what we brought up with this situation. The fact that he didn't address anything. He didn't address a single thing that Lakeith Stanfield posted about. And I'll go so far to say this, you know, I'm not on that level of fame, but... We got to stop deleting and backtracking. Like, I mean, you said what you said. Like, I mean, like, you got to stop deleting and backtracking because he didn't say anything wrong. You know, as a, as a man, we have to understand that you live and die by your word. But what defines you as a man is how firm you are with your ground base and your word. Now, I do agree with him apologizing, you know, for the uh, he he. Had a, he put up a post and apologized about the rap that he did where he used the um, homosexual slurs. Um, I do agree with him. If he, f- I, f- I feel like he sincerely felt like he needed to apologize about that. And I feel like he really felt like he needed to do that. Not even for no business reason or monetary reasons. I think he, he felt like he didn't understand. He even explains this. He didn't understand his reach. And I can see how we all have a difficulty understanding our reach at any level of fame any level of life and let me just say this um one thing that Charlemagne said that i thought was uh 
hypocritical is where he said that, you know, if Lakeith was to call out these uh, white platforms that he knows his his uh, his agent, the white um, studios that he works for, they will blackball his uh, black ass as um, put into Charlemagne's words. But they'll do the same shit to Charlemagne. Our heart media is white owned. So what the what the fuck is he talking about? They'll shut his shit down quick and niggas ain't forget about his alleged sexual assault cases that they swept under the rug. Can he have that deal with HBO? Niggas ain't forget that shit. Like, and he actually admitted to what he did on the brilliant his own podcast, The Brilliant Idiots, and his co-host, Andrew Schultz, was looking at him crazy. You can go look that shit up. So who the fuck is he to sit here and say, yo, 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 um, your master, so to speak, is going to shut... They'll shut your black ass down, too. And send your ass back to Monk's Corner. Right back to South Carolina. Don't ever forget where you came from. Don't ever forget where you came from. Because at the end of the day, you put it in the net. The net catches everything. It remembers everything. And, you know, we we, we read your bluff. You know, the Breakfast Club is... They, they've peaked already. And, you know, they're, they're about to be slowly on the downfall like World Star. You know, just because you got 22 million followers on Instagram, World Star's been out the window. You know, they're more commercial revival, but who cares? Like, I mean, like, that shit is garbage, you know? Like, I like it. Like, I agree with, uh, with Stefan. I still, I'll check out very few and far between. I probably checked out one full Breakfast Club interview this year. Um, but that's nowhere near on the level of when I when it was like back in like 2014, 2015, when I used to listen to that shit every week, all the time, because it was still raw, it was still unfiltered, it was coonery, but I didn't. You can tell that they didn't really have ulterior motives. Um, you know, it was it was it was legit, like it was, but it was the it, it was a, a enough of a respect on on that pot on the um on the radio station that. You can still understand that, okay, they don't have any extra motives. Now you see, just to make him donkey of the day, I think he, the higher-ups told him to choose him as a donkey of the day. Out of all the shit that's going on, niggas dying over boxes of chicken and shit, you want to you wanna call Lakeith Stanfield a donkey of the day for some shit that, didn't even make, that you didn't even address. He was told to even do, do, that, do that, in my opinion. He didn't, that's not even a, a legit reason to make somebody donkey of the day. So... I definitely agree with that, man. Um, I definitely agree with that. And one other thing is like that pisses me off about this situation is like, you know, it, it shows that um, he he is a hypocrite. And Charlemagne, he does have ulterior motives because the interview he did with Gucci, he, he mind you, he said he let. Um, his co-host, DJ Envy, know that um, Gucci had words for him. But he sits there and lets um, Gucci talk crazy about his other co-host, Angela Yee, and call her a bitch. And this, this nigga didn't say a goddamn thing. He just sat there and, and shut the fuck up. And you, he wants to talk about being so for his people and whatnot. And his... Um, his um, scared ass was just sitting there and not letting, not saying anything. He didn't stand up for neither one of them. That they was some it. bitch shit. Because you know why? Because he knew it was going to go viral and he's for himself at the end of the day. They, and I think they know that too. Like he, he's 100% for himself. I think that his co-hosts know that and he's taking it. 
he's taking advantage of trying to you know get to get to get to continue to level up but I mean, you've worked with these. These are your your coworkers, like these the beyond coworkers. I feel like they have a genuine like they put they put each other on. Like they've you know they had different platforms, was on different level. But it, I mean, really, if it wasn't for the Breakfast Club platform, we really Charlemagne would have been he would have been done with. He would have been done with or what? Uh, he was back there doing different MTV shows with like D Ray Davis and um. Little Duval was it Little du- yeah I think Little Little Duval God code yeah doing God code doing I mean that shit was funny but that shit was done it, it, it was it lived its time so if it wasn't for for the people he worked with now who he didn't even he doesn't even feel like he has to you know necessarily and even in a respectful way you know check it shows you his character as a man it shows you you know he is he's he's the modern day sellout. And he had the nerve to say, you don't take chances like I do every day. The fuck chances you take? What chances you take by being a fucking coon every day you come on that bitch? And every time you have guests come up there, you be on some dumb shit and ask them the stupidest fucking questions. Like, what what, what chances do you be taking? And they more corny now than it's not even funny anymore. Like, <laughs> the shit don't even be funny no more. He's like, he, he, he reminds me of a cornball now. Like, you know. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's enough. Like on that, um, that topic. But uh, the next topic that I had wrote down in my notes that I think uh, we should address is just the recent mass shootings that's been going on um, across the country. Man, like it's it's ramping up like crazy. Man, like trying to find an article. I mean, this is this is what they call in the Bible Babylon. Um, it's really starting to look like that. Uh, everything is out of whack, and it's causing uh, it's causing all this chaos. It's only gonna get worse before it gets better. Yeah, the in the past month, there's been three mass shootings. And um, October thirty first, Orinda, California. Uh, five dead, four injured. November fourteenth, Santa Clarita, California, three dead, three injured. November seventeenth, Fresno, California, four dead, six injured. Now, all of these occurring in California is wild, as you know they they have a an abundance of issues, but just these. Shootings happening, happening literally days apart should alarm everybody and let you know that this shit is going to get worse before it gets better. And it, it also lets you know that is it, 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 it poses the question, is gun control really what we need as people? Is that what we so we're, we're going to give everything to the government and they'll they'll be able, they'll be able to control you know, these shootings, you know, no more shootings or whatever. What, but what happens if, um, say, my people are fucking uh, fed up and you know what? We're going to take it to the streets because we, we want what is rightfully ours. Well, what's going to happen if we have nothing to protect ourselves in the case of something like that, in the case of another civil war, 
breaking out. We we're pretty much giving away our rights by giving away our guns. So I I think that we should have people should mentally sane people. I think everybody should get a psychological evaluation. Um, if you want to have a weapon, at least one weapon in your home to protect your family, I think everybody should have a weapon, at least one in your home. But in terms of military grade, fuck no. I don't think anybody should have that. Um, no civilian, that is. Um, but yeah, that that's just uh, my quick thoughts on that. I don't think it should be any gun control, period. Um I don't think that's the I don't think that's the problem. I don't even think the military grade weapons are the problem. I think the problem is I, I don't think the problem is being addressed, which is why the mass shootings are continuing to happen. And I think the problem is other it's a multi-level layer of factors. And I think the easiest accessibility to guns isn't even one of them. Cause at the end of the day, if a nigga is if if somebody's mentally insane and they want to go kill somebody, they're gonna figure out a way to do it. Like period, and I was even seeing somewhere where like even in the UK they have like strict gun gun laws, and the only thing that it led to was a increase in stabbings. So what this what this is showing for me is, I think at the end of the day, we need to start addressing where is this shit coming from? It's coming from the shit that's in our water and our food. The, just the the fact that the way we live day to day life is off center. Like it's it's not we're not living natural lives. And it's reaching a point in the human timeline where it's playing out through chaos. Everything is playing out through chaos. I don't even. I, I don't think it's even the accessibility to. Uh, I don't think. It, I don't think gun control is the answer at all. I don't. I don't think it's the answer, but I do think people should ha have psychological evaluations if you're going to own a weapon. I think you should have some type of mental evaluation, like period. That's for anybody. Um, because I mean the access you can always you can go in the street and you can find access to AKs and whatnot. But to just to protect yourself to have a family, you only need something light like a Glock nineteen, which is what I'm gonna uh, get. I don't have a family of my own yet, but I'm gonna get one regardless. Um and I think you should have your um your concealed carry. But that's preference, but I'm I think you should um have that people in general. If you're opposed to guns, I understand, but that's just my take on it. But I'm glad that you brought up UK because there is something big that's been going on in the UK. Bodies have been uh, piling up. Approximately 39 bodies were found inside of a truck on October 23rd in uh, London. Well, in an industrial park outside of London. 39 bodies, and the according to... Uh, the the cut.com the 39 victims were originally believed to be chinese nationals officials have since confirmed that they were from vietnam and are treating the tragedy as a human smuggling incident the new york times reports five people in the uk and eight people in vietnam have been arrested in connection with the deaths but Recent reports indicate that number may soon increase. So, yeah, I mean, you took away the guns, but niggas still dying. 39 bodies in one fucking truck. That's, I mean, I think that that should be alarming, even though that's across the pond, that there's a lot of fucking 
killing going on right now. Same society. Yeah. Same society. Same people run it. It's all connected. They talk about a new world order. We've been under a new world order government. <laughs> We've been under this shit. If the United States fall, everything else will fall. If the UK fall, everything else will fall. That's what a global recession is. We are. We already been through one of those. It's all connected. Yeah. Um, human trafficking. That's what it looks like. The victims were a part of a human trafficking network. Which, uh, if you're not paying attention, that that shit is. It's it's all it's it's been a problem for a long time, but now it is growing exponentially, and the public is becoming aware of that. And I think you know whoever listens to this, you should do research on it because that is it's something that is happening on a daily basis with kids being um, kidnapped and put into sex slave slavery, having um, organs harvested. You know, and I was just thinking, you you had a story when you said um, at Walmart when you were a kid, right? Yeah, I was just saying, like, I remember growing up even younger, like, just the amount of, like, they have a I still to this day have this wall. But, you know, the wall in Walmart where it says, have you seen this kid? It's got all the different pictures. They yeah. got all the different kids. And I'm just sitting up here, like, thinking, I think I heard a number somewhere. It's like 400,000 people. No, I think it was 800,000 people go missing per year. In the United States, I think it was 800,000, a little less than a mil people go missing in the United States every year. So I don't care where you are in the United States, you this is hit home. This is hit close to home. And, you know, it sickens me that we, like, it's to the point now, we don't need to even be worried about Democrat or Republican. Like, we need to be worried about getting our country back, period. Like, fuck those political parties, because they all involved in Pizzagate. If you ain't seen the Epstein shit, like they all involved in Pizzagate. They'll go so far as to kill multiple people to not uncover this. And I think, oh yeah, I think we were talking about this before. Uh, what I was, uh, we was talking about Alex Jones. He actually yeah. predicted Pizzagate. And that's before I think he went commercial also. He was he predicted a lot of shit and Pizzagate was one of them. Um, and that shit's a big deal. And you notice we got... I'm gonna say it again. Eight hundred thousand people, around eight hundred thousand people per year go missing. I'm sure it's a lot. It's gonna be a lot higher with how it's looking now. Why is this not being? We just, I mean, we're talking about reparations and shit. Okay, yeah, we, uh, that, that's an important topic. But I mean, literally, I live. I'm gonna be real with you on Mike. I live with the daily fear now that somebody was gonna call me to say that some one of my family members is missing. Like, this is how close this hit the home, especially even in the state of North Carolina. That's a new fear that I have. And, like, I'm over here wondering why we not asking these candidates and asking, you know, our government about what's going on with this. Even though we know, yeah, we know that they're the ones involved with it. We know that the higher-ups in each county, in each city, in each state, you know, each region is involved in this. But why are we not trying to address these topics, at least as a collective consciousness? What are we doing as a people? Because this is who it's affecting us. It's not affecting them. It's affecting us. And, you know, we shouldn't necessarily. Yeah, reparation ain't even what we need to be even talking about, too. I know I brought that up. Uh, we need to be worried about restitu uh, re restitution and restoration because this is, was already our shit. So, whatever. Um, we need to be asking questions about where these people go. Where they go? If you let. Um 
Rest in power to Dick Gregory. If you let him tell it, they go to another planet. I mean, all right, I'm going to go off the edge on this one to some people. But you know that some people say Antarctica is a big-ass ice ring around all the, all the continents. And outside of the ice ring is in other bodies of land. It's other, it's other lands that, that, um, that, are, that were found. I mean, what if they go there? <laughs> what if they go to a whole different land masses? What if Lemuria, Mu, and Atlantis, these are real-life land masses right now that's outside that ice ring, and they have access to that, and they take them, take them to, those, to those land masses, and they're, they're gone forever. And they, you know, they got a whole nother civilization where slavery, like real life slavery, sex slavery, all that stuff is, is real. I know. I mean, cause think about it. No average Joe knows a nigga that got a jet. You don't never see, you don't never see these higher ups in anywhere in, in society. You don't never see them. You don't never see them, period. You don't never see a true billionaire out in society where they really be at. You know, that's just kind of jumping off the edge, but it ain't really no such thing as that in my mind. Anything is, is possible. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean, you see it with the pop culture and everything that we have. Like I've said it before, you know, life imitates art. You see the craziest shit in these films, and they, they predict and a lot of what's, uh, what's going on today. You know, and I was just thinking about it. Um, I was just thinking about the Epstein thing and how they they recently I think they they did they charge some people? I'm looking this up as I speak. Mm-hmm. It was like two black male guards. I don't know if they charged them, but they they I think they charged them or something. They're gonna probably try to pin it on them. Is Epstein even really dead? Is the question like that's my that's that's my whole thing about that. Is like is Epstein even really dead? I I feel like man, he was a billionaire. He had so much money. He's probably not even in his own body no more. His consciousness was transferred to a new body. That's what I feel like happened. And a movie that I think does that well, not with what he did, but does that shows you how consciousness could potentially be transferred over is this movie called Chappie. Um, if y'all ever get a chance to check that out, I would I would suggest that it's a solid film where um, this robot... Um, if I'm not mistaken, he was a part of the police force and his owner ends up getting shot, fatally shot. And to keep his owner still alive, he transfers his consciousness into a robot so he mm. can live forever with him you well, know, they, or into their, so to speak, decom- decommissioned if they want to be cut off. But yeah. It's real life. It's real life like docu- documentation of people saying, you know, when they get organ transplants, they start developing skills of the person that they got the organ from. His stories of people getting, you know, uh, hearts and shit from people that were really good at the piano and they didn't know how to play the, the person that received it didn't know how to play the instrument before. But over time, they developed the same, the same like abilities as that person that they got that organ from. So even on a on a much well, organ transplantation is a big deal, but compared to that, that's a much smaller scale. I mean, it's proven that you can even you can still consciously develop the same type of habits of somebody of a of a non-native organ into your own, you know, DNA. So, I mean, I'm going to be honest, even back to the gun control. Like, I think what we got to realize is that 
this is also spiritual too. So I think what we have to do as uh, as individuals is, is have faith in in ourselves and confidence. I think confidence is really such a big thing to, to have. You got to have confidence and uh, you got to release the fear of death. Because at the end of the day, these motherfuckers got technology that I don't think we can imagine. I don't even think a, a, a couple AR-15s and AKs will do anything if we need to fight back. It will, you know, help us. But we got to understand that if we were to actually fight back and try to win a war against somebody like the U.S. government, I mean, you got to implement voodoo and un another level of spirituality into that because, I mean, these motherfuckers got technology. They can see through walls and shit. Amazon can see through walls, dog. Like, it's it's just, they, it's, they really out there. So... I think it's we need to more so build as individuals on releasing the fear of death and having confidence in what we believe in and, and, and ourselves. And um, I think that that would guide us a lot more than we think, than even thinking about carnality and like and weapons and and and, and stuff like that. That's why I even even with the gun control thing, like I don't think it's I don't think that that's anywhere. I don't think any any we can do any anything about that. Because I think it's a mental, I think it's uh, an off-balance issue with all this chaos. It's, we're not really living how humans are really supposed to live. Even with this technology, like, it's stuff, it's different dimensions to it. It's a multi-layer effect. It's how, we, how we're taught in school, like, the, that environment is like a prison environment. How we, are, how we work as average Joes, nine to five, within buildings, no sunlight. It's a, that is... That's a chaotic environment. That's not a natural environment. We're not doing things that is natural to the human, the human being. Feminism is not that like stuff. The the different mindsets, all this fucking chaos is what's led to this extra layer of chaos. It's because this shit is controlled by chaotic beings that have basically pushed an agenda to create more chaos, and that's all this playing out. It's more chaos. It's gonna reach a point, man. Like. Something gonna happen, man. It's gotta be something. It's gotta be like a reset. I'm thinking, man, it's getting to the point where I'm really thinking it's gotta be a reset of this shit. Yeah, it's like similar to like how, um, in my mind, similar to how Thanos snapped his finger in Infinity War. It's gotta be a reset. Like, I mean, like, come on, bro. Like, we got it now to where, like, I mean, it started in my mind with the, with the, um, identity crisis like you know with the sexual identity crisis i mean people want to agree with me but you know this is just how i feel i think that that, that is is us that's when it's we started kind of going off the edge as as humans i think that was the first sign that there was something it's something poisoning us it's something poisoning our mindset and then it was feminism of, of course i'm talking about like new age shit. of course racism has always been here just a natural fact of having the kings of the earth being in a conquered and a conquered uh, position will cause a lot of this off balance because the people who are actually in, in control were never meant to actually be in control. Um, you know, so it's a lot of things, you know, that's led to this off balance, but I'm talking more so more more recent. It's a, a certain things that have happened within the last few years and within this year that has led to more of an off balance of the human psyche and it's played out in other ways of promoting of pushing violence into the um into society we basically have fucked up is what i'm trying to say um it's more than legislation i think it's beyond legislation now it's going to get to the point where i really start to fear like a real reset 
you know, I've been looking more at the Old Testament and the Apocrypha. And the, the Apocrypha is like the hidden books and um, the Pseudepigrapha. And, you know, it's weird because as I've, I've been conscious for a long time, but it's like, you know, it's, it's accelerating day by day. And I'm kind of getting back to a lot of the scriptures. I'm not saying I believe in it, but, you know, I keep an open, open mind. I mean, and a lot of this shit is lining up with prophecy. And I know I'm not the only one. It feels like we feel doomed. It, it feels like we've, we've reached a point of like no return. It's like nothing can fix this. And, you know, my fear, not necessarily my fear, because, I mean, something has to change. Is I feel like we're reaching a point where it's about to be another big time apocalypse. Like, it's about to be some shit to where it's got to be reset on a global scale. Like, this is not no shit that legislation can fix. Do you think legislation would be able to solve why it's 800,000 people missing when the same people that's pushing out the legislation is the one that's actually kidnapping these people? Nah, we gotta. It's gotta be a, a some type of reset, and it's and it's on a global scale. It's like world leaders. It's like not even just not even just the United States. This is a problem everywhere. It's gotta be some type of reset coming up, man. It's gotta be some type of reset, and you know. Yeah. Every day I walk around, I'm like, man, I'm looking at looking up at the sky, seeing if that bitch gonna crack open or some shit. Like. Yeah. It's. It's. I mean, it's it's long overdue, from a. Uh, from what we've uh, went through as people, you know, my people struggle for so long. It's the the curse I feel like is about to be lifted and the ones in control, they know that. So they're trying everything in their powers to uh, prevent it. You know, they're, they're <clears throat> and they're, they, they're trying to stop us, our control that we have or the or the idea of control that we believe we have. They're trying to stop that with these um, algorithms. And you see with like the Instagram and you see with the, the taking away likes, trying to lower the status of uh, social media influencers. Yeah, I was one. I want to add to that, too, because I know I've talked to you off, off mic about the um, situation with like we talked about it in the last few episodes about the YouTube situation or whatever. And, you know, before I start, like I said before, I feel like YouTube is going to commit platform suicide with, you know, with the new changes that they have because it's run by the government. Because the access of information, with it being the third largest website in the United States, um, the access of information, I think in the world, actually, um, YouTube has become, especially it started as an easy average Joe grassroots exchange of information. And once Google bought, Google wanted to get YouTube, get their hands on YouTube for a while. Once they bought YouTube, that was like the death of it because they wanted to figure out a way to censor that information. And this is exactly what they're doing. Like they're they're trying with these algorithms on all these social media sites, removing the likes. It goes beyond just the social media influencers. That is an algorithm based thing. Like, think about it. At one point, this, this thought just popped in my head, too, like. If you think about it with the algorithms before, you can be an average Joe and get a whole bunch of likes and they'd have no choice but to process your whatever your whatever that was that had a whole bunch of interactions. They would have to process that and promote that more. But you know what just popped in my head? If they take away likes, you have to literally go through Instagram. Yeah, that's what they want. 
That's what to, they want to have one hundred percent control. They so they're gonna have a hundred percent. Now you're gonna be able to see Will Smith's post as an ad everywhere you fucking go on Instagram and. Yeah, you you don't really you don't you don't mm-hmm. fuck with Will Smith like nah, that. <laughs> it's kind of got me. I mean, I said it before. You know, we're not always gonna have you know these platforms. That's why I went out and got a solid state drive and downloaded as many videos off of uh, YouTube as I could. You know, because I, I saw this coming, but I didn't see it coming this damn fast and. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pissed off about it because I'm seeing a platform that I feel like has really, I think for a millennial, for modern day humans, I think with the, with technology, YouTube is an extremely important tool to help people grow. It's the new, it's the new schoolroom. It's the new college. Like you can get a, I feel like you can learn the level of somebody that has a degree in certain topics off of YouTube. Like it's not just about 10 for koofy stuff. Like it's like a legit platform and it's and it has been for the past few years which is why it's one of my most viewed sites i don't i don't have cable i do have a fire stick but even with a fire stick i still i, I watch youtube literally 90 percent of the time so like I, I can see how it's regressed i've been watching youtube since i was in like middle school high, like especially high school it's been i feel like I, this is a part of my childhood basically and i'm seeing what they're doing to it and you know, it's their platform, whatever. Like, I mean, this knowledge ain't going to stop for we're me. Gonna, we're going to create another platform. Yeah, it so ain't, it ain't nothing to worry me. about. But I'm just upset that the, in the fact that the people aren't seeing this layer. They're, they're using multi-layers to try to censor us. Like, people just looking at that. Oh, they removing likes. Nah, nigga, it ain't that they just removing likes. They removing your power that you had on that platform. Like, they're literally, they're literally removing what made that platform so great just because of how easy it is to exchange information. And like, that's what people aren't talking about. They're not talking about this backdoor censorship. And as a content creator that uses specifically, not specifically, it was a specifically YouTube at one point, but you know, how, how fast they're trying to accelerate demonetizing and just changing what the platform represents is I'm easy. I'm about to get off of it, you know? Um, but I want to talk about Copa, you know, Copa is a, it's uh, the Child Online Protection and Privacy Act that actually was passed in 1998. It's been out for a while. Um, that the FTC, you know, in 2019, finally in 2019, came out and said that Google knowingly violated COPA, which we all know they did. They had literal like it's based on the average like personal personalized ads that they would have for certain audiences and they literally put personalized ads for kids that you know watched kid content like if you watched a whole bunch of like quote-unquote child content kid content google took that information you know the information whores that they are um and basically created personalized ads even for fucking kids like really think about that so i'm not saying that they what they did was that they didn't violate the law they did violate the law but this is where They've, this is where it kind of pissed me off. Google violated the law by making personalized ads, you know, for children audiences. But they came into an agreement with the FTC, even though they were the ones that violated, you know, the law. They came into an agreement with the FTC, which is the uh, Federal Trade Commission, I believe. Um, they came into agreement that what YouTube would have to do is change their terms of service. Um, which, you know, they basically done that a couple times the last month or so. But they changed the terms of service. And I noticed when I uploaded the video last week that one of the parts that kind of stumped me up is to ask you, is this content created for kids? 
That's what it says. And I'm like sitting there looking at it like, what do you mean? I mean, it's a video game. It's NCAA 14, like stream or, you know, captures or whatever. It's a video game ready to eat for everyone. But it's like, what does that mean? It's so vague. Like, the, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's not necessarily for kids, but it's like, yeah, kids may watch it, but it's like it's not intended for kids. It's not intended for kids at all. Like, but the trick is the the deal that YouTube slash Google made with the FTC is that YouTube added this little part that they that the content creators must have to, you know, check yes or no to. But if you check no, it's a couple of things that happen. If you check no on a video that Google or the FTC or which is the government FTC is the actual fucking government so it really ain't no fighting this I mean I would fight it but this is a, a crazy battle that you would have to you know be ready to fight um but they say if you don't check if you check no and they feel like they deem your video suitable for children you can be sued up to $42,000 per video and you have to go to court and pay that $42,000. Um, and what makes it even crazier, I actually watched a breakdown of the video about his, uh, I don't follow the guy, he popped up on my algorithms, but his main part, his main content that he puts out is Lego, uh, like complex Lego puzzles that is, is for adults because these pieces are not even stuff that even the brightest kid would be able to solve. But it's a Legos. So he's in a conundrum also. But he broke it down with like, if he doesn't go back, he had like 2,000 videos or something like that, like 1,800 videos. If he doesn't go back and mark all his content for kids. He's fucked. He's fucked. For example, if you have 42, if you have, uh, if you have 42 videos and they sued you for all 42 videos, I think he was saying it's like, it's 42 mil that you can be sued for. But I, Crazy. I got a problem with how Google violated the law from the beginning and they cut a deal with the FTC to put it on a content creator. And then they not only they put it on the content creator, I can understand you put it on a content creator, but they I'm it literally says, is this content created for children? That's all it says. What does that mean? What does that mean? Now, <laughs> here's the kicker. If it is created for children, then you know what happens? You don't, you, you basically get demonetized because they can't make ads because you just checked it that it's made for children and they can't, related to COPA, they can't make ads for children at all. So you get demonetized, basically. <laughs> just further taking away your power. Man, I, I, it's, I see layers to this shit. It's like... This is like literal. It seems like platform suicide for YouTube, but nah. This is the, the the government finally got what they want. This is the way for them to basically censor shit, censor the fuck out of everything. And here's the thing about Daily Motion and like BitChute. It's basically on those sites. They already. It's more. It's not that they, they have more up to not, uh, more complex, you know, algorithms and technology than YouTube. It's fucking Google. It's just that Google has went about how they go with the YouTube algorithms and them, and the, um, how they go about it. The, the system that they use is terrible. BitChute and Daily Motion, they already have it to where like you have to basically they basically mark your videos if they feel like so. That's that's already censored. So like we're about to lose a 
a big piece of inf uh, information exchange, a huge piece of information exchange. So, you know, what I recommend right now, go out and get a solid state drive, uh, download these videos, transfer the videos to the solid state drive, you know, and um, start to maneuver towards other other platforms. And, you know, somebody uh, somebody would try to come up with a grassroots platforms because there's still a lot of loopholes in the law. And, you know, somebody try to come up with a new YouTube and, you know, we just got to keep our eyes open for it and get back to actual physical books. Everything must, everything must die at some point. You know, these platforms, you, for the people like eight, uh, 25 and up or a couple years younger, you can remember how my, popping MySpace was. That shit after Facebook came, it just changed everything and MySpace went down. Now you got Facebook, but you got Twitter that's popular as well. And you got Instagram that Facebook owns. And you see how Facebook has continued to break um, privacy laws. And you see the, the founder, Mark, in court over it and shit. And you see the, the stuff they take down from Instagram, from people promoting positivity and they uh, market as hate crimes and hate speech or whatever it's this the censorship stuff is not going away anytime soon so just be aware that what you see today may be gone tomorrow um for this social media stuff and another platform will come and yeah f fuck them you know i don't really care at the end of the day, because, I mean, it's just, it's all an illusion. You know, like you said, the physical, you need to get back to reading actual books. And, um, yeah, uh, I think we can, maybe we can start going forward. We can start recommending stuff to read. And I think that would be, uh, that'd be dope. I agree. I agree. And I'll, I'll say this. I just wanted to add just a little bit to it. Um, you know, I think it's to the point now. Let's be real. Like I, I me personally, I become dependent on their platforms. I become dependent on YouTube. I become dependent on their platform. So we gotta let this shit ride out to make us find a new way to exchange information. This is what we need. Let them do. The, let them do this to their own platform. This is their platform. Put us in a situation where we have to come together again and find a new way to exchange grassroots information because we never will honestly be able to do that in a, this society if we let basically Zuckerberg is the government let's be honest like Google is the government oh yeah he the feds they all the are the, I mean this is why Facebook didn't die because he made he's made constant deals with the government to get all that information and trade it with the government now, MySpace died because that nigga Tom he, he was smart he was he didn't want to be he's not money hungry he took his check and got, got the, the fuck, fuck up out of there. Now that nigga living a better life than Zuckerberg. And that nigga's a, Zuckerberg's a billionaire. He's, Zuckerberg looked like he, he looked like he, he stressed every fucking time. All these big time CEOs, they look crazy because they know who, or they know what the fuck they got to deal with. They know they done signed up for some crazy shit. They can never be normal again. And they're basically extensions of the government. They've always been extensions of the government. I don't think that nigga Tom, I think he was, but he got out of that shit. And he got out of that shit with a couple mil. Instead of becoming a billionaire off of MySpace, he he started this shit. He started this shit, and he got all they get this niggas a couple mil. You know, he had to sign an NDA or something. 
Yeah, I would say um to do research on him and do research on uh, people such as Edward Snowden that brought up like you know to the light the surveillance program that the government has on all of the uh, all of all Americans. You know how they can just the shit that we record we well the shit that we say on our phones and shit they can they got all that recorded they got all of it whenever they want to tap into it so just be aware man just just be alert um it's the 1984 i know i said 1964 in the last podcast too uh but it's actually 1984 by george orrell he wrote it in 1949 uh he's talking about all the shit that's going on now all this shit and edward snowden the shit he uncovered and i still don't think he's even i don't even think he even is like I'm going to be honest with you. I think he's like, I think he has more. I, I had, a, I got, you know, opinions about him, but I think he's still in denial. I think he's, he was a legit patriot that leaked the information because he was, he was in shock. But I still think it's a lot more. He even says it's a lot, a lot of stuff that he, he didn't, he didn't leak. But I think he's going to start waking up a little bit more and get fed up and leak crazy shit too. Crazier shit. Um, and on that note, uh, do you have any closing remarks? No, I just want to say, um, you know, just bring more awareness to human trafficking, sex trafficking, um, autoimmune diseases, uh, myasthenia gravis, uh, multiple sclerosis, uh, just different, uh, suicide awareness, mental health awareness. Um, man, well, this is, um, some chaotic times that we're living in and, uh, we got to stand together because i mean honestly at any time we could be victims of anything like this is real chaos so this is my quay that's all i wanted to add you know that's all i wanted to add for my closing remarks um as always make sure to like share subscribe um if you're listening via the apple podcast app give us a five star rating that helps with uh, visibility um i just want to leave the listeners with a a quote this is by Bob Marley. Who are you to judge the life that who are you to judge the life I live? I know I'm not perfect and I don't live to be. But before you start pointing fingers, make sure your hands are clean. Until next time.